The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. I'm super excited to do another Metal Man as my Meet the Mentor. Metal has been incredible. There have been so many amazing men that have just risen to the occasion and done these Meet the Mentors. What is Meet the Mentor? Well, we run an amazing program every year at UCLA called LEAP. The next one will be July 18th to the 24th. It is a motivational leadership program for high school and college students that teach you the skills that you need to be successful in life. And the thing that makes sleep so special is the amount of great love and support that we get from our community with these amazing speakers. I mean, listen to this. We've had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, Michael Strahan, Jason Alexander, Kathy Bates, um, Tracy Bregman from um, The Young and the Restless, uh, Chris Voss, who has the New York Times bestseller, uh, Never Split the Deal, and Apollo Ono, I mean, on and on, Usher, um, uh, Kevin Nealon, I mean, on and on and on and on. And one of the highlights of LEAP is the mentor workshop and that happens on Friday. And basically what happens in the mentor workshop is you get to sit at a table. This year was virtual. Next year it will be live <laughs> and talk to mentors and ask them the secrets of their success. And students come to this week long program and they love the program. But the thing they always rank is their number one love of the program is the, the mentor workshop. And so kind of to um, prime the pump and keep students engaged and, and continue to learn, we do these Meet the Mentor weekly sessions where we bring in different professionals from all walks of life. We have doctors and lawyers and firefighters and composers and you name it. And we talk about you know what it took to get to where they are. And my friend Brad has a really unusual path. And I think that um, there are some really good lessons. So even if you don't want to become a music composer, I think some of the lessons that you'll learn from Brad are really valuable. So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Metal Man and my friend, Brad Chiat. He is a composer for film, TV, commercials. He's also the CEO and founder of Fuel Music. And he's going to tell you an interesting story about how he got to where he got in his profession. He is a multi-instrumental composer, arranger. He's been working in LA since before the very first Friends episode, and most of you kids weren't even born. He's originally from New York, He's won multiple awards for original compositions and international awards in television work. His music can be heard on top network shows, including Deal or No Deal, The Wall, Extreme Home Makeover, Saturday Night Live, Super Nanny, and many others. And at one point in here, we'll give you a little sampling of some of his stuff. 
And a little known fact, he holds a degree in industrial manufacturing engineering, which was what he did before he started composing. He was actually in the aerospace industry. So Brad, welcome. And you know, another thing about Brad that's really special is he's a dad and he has two kids that attended LEAP and he has actually been a mentor at LEAP two times. So welcome to meet the mentor, Brad. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. Right on. Um, so why don't we just jump into it? You were born to be a music composer. That's what you studied your whole life, right? Well, you know, it's funny because in my family, I was kind of the black sheep of the family. My, my dad was uh, a lawyer. My mom was a school teacher. So I kind of stood out but I always had this burning passion for music. And as I got older, I realized that actually my mom and dad were the black sheep in their family. And I have a whole heritage of music and composers. I had a great uncle who was the arranger for the Tsar of Russia. I have a great uncle who was first chair violinist at Radio City Music Hall. So, you know, sometimes you feel like you're an outcast, you don't fit in, but, but you probably fit in somewhere, you know, and you gotta be true to yourself. But let's go back because your formal end education was as an aerospace engineer, right? And they yeah. had nothing to do with music. And you had a very illustrious career in that industry. <laughs> what happened? Well, you know, I think you can be passionate about more than one thing. And I always had a mechanical engineering mind. And in, in my family, it was either doctor, engineer, lawyer. Music wasn't an option. So I ended up going to engineering school, <clears throat> graduated, and I got a job at um, Martin Marietta, which is a big defense contractor. We worked on the F-18, the Harrier, the space shuttle. So a lot of huge projects. But, you know, I started and, I, and music was a hobby and something I did for fun. And I used to come home at night. Sometimes I'd sneak home at lunch and write music because I just really loved it. And then I started getting stuff played on the radio. And I was like, you know, in my early 20s and just, you know, to, to turn on the local radio station and hear music you've done yourself was just so exciting and so exhilarating. I just, I just had to, you know, at least make a go of it. Cause that's the thing that really got me excited and turned me on. And I think it, that's super passionate. I think if you're going to do really well and be successful, it has to be something that really speaks to you and you enjoy or else you'll just be mediocre. So that, that's my philosophy on it. So you had a, a, a pretty illustrious career though. I mean, you were making good money. You, you know, you had a great position. And, and then what? <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was, um, you know, I read a study somewhere that uh, a lot of people spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning their life. So I really thought about what I was and who I wanted to be. And then, you know, I asked myself the question, you know, when you're, you know, I had an engineer, I had a 401k, I had all the, you know, a, a steady salary and, all, you know, security and all that. But I, I thought to myself, you know, what if I won the lottery? What would I do if I won the lottery? And I thought, you know, if I won the lottery and, you know, money wasn't a factor, I could just, you know, quit my job, get, you know, music equipment and, and record and, and do music. And then I thought, well, why don't I just do that? And even if I don't make any money, I'll still be living like I won the lottery. So that was my feeling on it. And I felt like, you know, a lot of people thought it was a huge risk to stop doing the engineering, but I really wasn't enjoying it. And in my now, how mind, old were you? I was, how old were you? I was like 23. Okay. So you're still a kid. I mean, this wasn't like you were in your forties or 50s. No, 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 no. I was 23, 24. It felt, it felt old at the time. You know, it was a were, real, were you married yet? Did you, did you have uh, any I kids? I wasn't married yet. I was, you know, with 
somebody. And, you know, that actually changed what happened with that because she meets this engineer in St. Louis. And then all of a sudden I turn into this musician in California. So, but you really, I think you, you really have to be true to yourself and, and who you are or else you really won't be happy. And I don't think you'll find success. And I, you know, I don't think, you know, I, and I, I do the, the mentor thing and a lot of kids come up to me because I do music and they have an interest in music. You know, some of them, that's what they have to do. It's like, that's what you have to do then, you know, for better or for worse, that's what you have to do. But some people had several interests and you can combine those interests and, you know, music can be a hobby or it can be part of what you do or associated with, you can be a, a producer or you could be a lawyer in the music industry, you know? So I had an engineering, I always wanted to get into automotive. So I do a lot of commercials and licensing for the automotive industry. You know, it all, it all comes around. I think if you're true to the things that interest you, no matter how diverse and weird they sound, there's some job or some career or some opportunity that will really embrace who you are when you're true to your passion and, and who you believe you should be. Well, when did you first start writing music? You know, I mean, I played when I was little and it was more for fun, but I think, uh, I guess in college, oh, in college, this is what happened in college, you know, I was engineer, I was really getting burnt on it. And then my brother, um, <laughs> my brother sent me one of those. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but it was a, like a little Walkman. It was a little battery pack unit. Yeah, of you course. Plug your guitar into it. And it was a Rockman, and you plug your guitar into it. And this was like in the '80s, and and you put headphones on, and it sounds like you're in a recording studio. It has like reverb and distortion, and it was awesome. And it, it got me re-inspired. And then I bought a little, like from a pawn shop, a little four track. And I think this goes to something that actually Hannah, who attended Leap, was telling me. You know, there's a lot of traditional people think you have to go to school and do this and do that, which often is good. But sometimes you just you just do it, you know, like a, a lot of these people who want to do music, they take they go to UCLA, they go to the extension program, but they still haven't written any music at home. You know, you can write music and do it or whatever you're passionate about. You don't have to wait to get the degree or wait to go to school. You just do it. And, and that's you know, segue into Hannah and Leap, she learned she could do things differently and, and make connections and talk to people and follow your passion and, and think about how you could do it and not wait for someone to give you permission or have to go to school. And, and you could just go ask people and find things out. And one thing that she talked about in Leap was copy genius, which you guys were talking about Hannah Brown, who was on the bachelor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so Hannah, you know, my daughter wanted to be a script supervisor and has you know, no, she's, she was in high school, you know, nothing, knows nothing about it. So she heard, you know, Hannah Brown talk about that in Copy Genius. So she just went to a neighbor who she know, knows is in the industry and then got to hang out on a set. So she hangs out on the set and she sees the music supervisor. So something she would not have done before Leap was just go up and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in music supervising. How do you do it? What do you... How does it work? And, and the lady was really cool and was like, let me show you. So she gave her some books to buy. She told her how to do it. And then the funny thing is she started getting some work with some student films and things where there were people who went to school who she was telling what to do, who were in film school, but didn't have the gumption to just take charge and take action, which, you know, she kind of learned from the mentor program. It's like she took a leap ahead, basically. You know, and just you, if you want to do it, you just do it and then you'll get good at it and people will uh, recognize you. You know, I think that there's 
a very popular belief today that, oh, you don't need to go to college, you know, you just, you know, go and, and learn, go and work and go. And, you know, yeah, sometimes that's true. But I'll tell you something that a lot of kids miss. College isn't just about your core curriculum. College is about growing. College yeah. is about maturing. College is about, I mean, uh, this is going to sound crazy. I'm a dentist. You know, I was a psychobio major. I took psychobiology classes. You want to know the most valuable thing I learned in college? What's that? Cheerleading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. How crazy was this? I was a nerd in high school. I had all, I was on the swim team. All I did was swim. Swim, 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 like four hours a day. I didn't talk to people. Only, my only friends were on the swim team, and I didn't talk to them because we swam, yeah. right? I'm sitting in math class, and I also did gymnastics. And a girl next to me says, hey, I just made the cheerleading squad, and I need a partner. I'm like, what is that? She goes, well, you can tumble, right? I said, yeah. She goes, you want to be on the squad, and you can tumble and do lifts and things. I'm like, okay. All of a sudden I went from nobody at school knowing me to being with the most popular people in school, right? Yeah. It changed my life like that. So I get to UCLA, there's 30,000 students there and I'm lost, like lost. You know, I don't know anybody, I I'm hating it. You know, in high school, I had a brother in every grade. We were four boys. It was easy. Everybody knew me. They at least knew I was Gary's brother, David's brother. You know, like I felt, I'm at UCLA with 30,000 people. Nobody yeah. knows. And I hated it. So I thought, you know what? I'll try out for cheerleading. You know, it worked in high school. Well, same thing happens. And one of the things that was probably the most valuable thing I learned in college, we had no budget back then. And we wanted to travel and go with the team to like Notre Dame and all these big games. So we started a little company in my squad making paraphernalia, buttons and scarves and hats. And we, I learned business that way. Yeah. And we funded all of our travel that way. So I, I think it's important that students listen to this and, and realize that you know, going to college isn't just about a core curriculum. There's other things that happen there, too, that's important. And, you know, if, if you're a freshman in college and you just get like the lead role in a feature film, yeah, take it. That may change the trajectory of your whole life. But I still think even actors like Sean Astin, who starred in Lord of the Rings and Rudy and all this, while he was acting, he went back and finished college yeah. and is really proud of that. So but I think I think what's important about school and learning is, you know, people hire you not just because of the one skill you can do. I mean, I, I do deliver on the music, but, you know, I, I have a vast knowledge of a lot of things. I, I read. I have interesting things to talk about. And in school, you know, the thing I learned from engineering, which has helped me immensely, is as an engineer, I learned about problem solving, which is what I use in, try, in trying to figure out how to break into this business, how to switch careers when I'm on a project and you're scoring a film, you know, there's problems in the film, things that aren't working and you have to be a problem solver. Um, 
Also, you learn, I think, a lot of accountability in school, which is key. I know a lot of like really talented people, and sometimes I hire them for little projects, but they they don't know how to follow through and have accountability. And I think that's the, the one of the main things you learn at school is is to mature. Totally, uh, and, totally. And all, yeah, and, and at UCLA, they hook like if you're going to the film program or whatever, you end up hooking up with other producers and directors, and these are the people who are happening who you kind of carry with you. So you 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 find your your group of people who you learn a lot from. Um, also, I joined a, a fraternity, so I learned about you know uh, making projects happen making things happen. I used to put on a lot of the events and the parties and learn how to organize things. I do a huge Oscar party every year. Last year, we did it with the PGA. We had over 400 people there from the Producers Guild. All that was skills I learned from college and having parties in the fraternity. So it's right. I mean, it, it carries it's, on over and over and over. So yeah. let's go back to your career, though. So here you are, you're 23. You know, you're, you're working as an engineer and you decide, now I'm going to do this music thing. Tell me the steps that you took to basically transition from one career to the next. You know, it's, it's basically you just make the decision that you're going to do it. And someone told me this when I got here. They said, you know, the people who make it are the people who stick with it. And I think the key is when, you know, whatever plan you have, you're going to run against a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things are going to go wrong. And some people... That doesn't mean you quit. Oh, it was tough. I quit. You just kind of rethink and change direction. And if you stick with something long enough, you will have success. Yeah, but I want to know like what you did. Like I get that. Well, That's first, the logic behind yeah. it. But what did you do? Did you, I, I, did you call music company? Like what did you do? Okay, well, I, I had a, a, a friend of the family's who was doing voiceover. And, uh, you know, he told me first, make a demo reel. You know, you want to do commercials. People want to see you've done commercials. So I made up some fake commercials. So I just, you know, wrote them myself or I, I, I took I, scripts from somewhere or wherever I, you know, and I, I just made up fake commercials and I had a friend who was a voiceover voice some of them for me. So I had something to show for it. So I, 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 are we still on here? So I didn't, I didn't wait. I did it. I didn't, I didn't wait to go to, you know, I, I just. All right. So you, you basically made like a little demo reel, by the way, what we're going to do right now is I'm going to have John play some of the commercials and stuff that you've done for TV, for different TV shows and whatnot, just so students will get kind of a taste okay. of some of the stuff you did. So let's just take a minute and play some of the stuff. This is actual stuff. This isn't the fake yeah, thing that right, right. talking about. And that question is deal or no deal? So I did all the, you know, all that music for Deal or No Deal. Tonight, on a very special two-hour Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Hope you enjoyed the... Some cartoons. This is, uh... The Good Family, which is the same people who did King of the Hill. So I think the point is, is like I see so many guys, they, they've, they're, they're um, students at UCLA in the film program, but they haven't really written anything because they didn't have that class yet. You know, you, you learn by doing, you got to put the hours in. 
So I put the hours in buying equipment, figuring out how it worked, you know, writing stuff, writing stuff that was good. Some of it wasn't. So honing the craft because it's about. Okay. So now you have a little demo of what you can do. What'd you do with that? Then what I did was I, I sold everything I had. I was living in St. Louis. I, I really thought about it. You know, I quit my job, sold everything I had, and I came to Los Angeles because at the time, that's where things were happening. So I wanted to be where commercials and TV shows and things were happening. So I, I moved out here. You know, I took the steps to be where I needed to be. And then I, I went, this is before the internet, I went to the library the local library and I got some of those big books and I looked up the companies that do music commercials and music production and producers and had a big whiteboard and called them up and, and, you know, introduced myself. I made little tapes, you know, cassette tapes that I sent out to them, uh, got meetings, you know, and it was tough because it didn't just work immediately. I, I, I tried to hire, I remember and a big changing point was I was trying to hire a rep like some of these that you can hire these professional reps. So after years of building up a little bit of a reel and getting some jobs, I hired this rep and I gave her my package tape and I sent it to her. And then I also went to a big music house and had a meeting. And then uh, I saw he had my reel on his desk and I'm like, and he was interviewing me. And it turns out that the rep that he was trying to hire was someone I talked to. And she told him, I'll tell you what, I'll take the job, but you have to hire Brad and I'll come work for you. So that's how I got in my first big music house. I, you know what? And that's, I love asking people like, what do you feel was your big break in the industry? Would you say it was that? That, that was, uh, that was one big one because it got me in a top music house where we hired, you know, he had budgets for hiring bands, orchestras on extreme home makeover. We went to Prague and did a live orchestra. You know, that's something I couldn't have done myself. We went over to the Sony lot and did a Toys R Us commercial for Christmas uh, on one of the big scoring stages. It was like, you know, it opened a lot of opportunities. What, what was your background in music? I see you have a guitar there. You play guitar or what else? Yeah. You know, that's, that's Piano. The, the funny part. I really, I didn't really have a strong music background. I had taken some guitar lessons and piano. I didn't really have, I had an engineering degree. Right. I didn't have a music background, but um, you know, I bought some books and I tried to teach myself and learn but the thing is, it's not, it's not, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys who are so talented and so great, but they don't have the follow through or the passion. And I guess this is partly going back to college, you know, and learning how to follow through and the things you teach at Leap, how to make things happen. I mean, there's a, there, you also have to have a mind for business and know how to connect and, and be in, in, and engage with people, you know? And how to put yourself out there. So that's a whole nother skill to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's so important no matter what business you're in. So let's back up. So you're, you're doing engineering. You decide music is my passion. You sell everything you have. You move from St. Louis. You come to L.A. All you have is this, is this, this little demo tape. You start knocking on doors saying, listen to me, yeah. listen to me. You get a big break. You get into this studio. And then, then, then what happens? Like, were you alone? Did you start a company? Did you have a partner? Like, I want to no, know, I want to know everything. I was pretty much alone. And then, uh, you know, and I would hire some people. The one thing I, this is one thing I did that a lot of people don't do. A lot of young guys try to do it all themselves. Like, 
all the music, all the things. And I had the advantage of knowing I wasn't the best guitar player, the best keyboard player. I mean, I wasn't great at this. Some of these guys are like super talented and they can do everything themselves. And it sounds good, but I couldn't, which was my advantage because I knew I had to hire and work with other people. So I would spend the time and money to get the bass player, hire the drummer, go to a studio, bring my charge, just get some people who are amazing. I've worked with, you know, uh, people who have toured with Pink Floyd, people who have toured with Farner, um, Aerosmith, like all these huge bands. I would get the best people that would elevate me and make my music and my real sound great. I mean, in the beginning, it was all me. But as I started getting bigger projects, I would still spend the money and the time to do something great and not just try to do it all myself and save money. I wasn't cheap with my product. And a lot of people, they spend all this time and energy and then they cheap or they, they go short at the end, which I, I never understand. I mean, I moved all the way out here, quit my job, did all this. I wasn't going to stop at the point where I could hire a great guitar player or the best singer I could find, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, at Leap, we say go big or go home, you yeah, know? I, I got the best. I mean, the best. And, and that's another And reason. I think another important thing, too, that a lot of students need to realize everybody's on this, you know, you can do anything you can do. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't do anything you want to do. <laughs> and don't yeah. kid yourself. I mean, look, it, I don't know what universe you're in. I could never be an NBA basketball player. I'm five foot 10 and I hate basketball. So, I mean, even if I love basketball at five ten there's I, these guys are like eight feet tall now. I mean, I could never be an NFL football player. You know, I could never be a musician. I just don't have the musical gift. I just don't. And, you know, and I think that for a lot of kids today, it's hard for them to realize that. I, I just interviewed a guy last week who is a Broadway actor and he was in a program um, they call it a cut program where they basically in college, it was a musical theater arts program. They basically take in 200 students and every year they cut half the students. And after four years, there are 11 students in the program. And now not to say that everybody else would never have a chance to make it, but it's kind of real life. I mean, and at a certain point, you have to really be realistic. And the other thing I love about you and in particular is that you realize, yes, I love music, but I want to monetize this skill. Like I would like to eat and have a family and, and survive, you know, you can't survive on musical notes. Yeah. So I think, well, two things I want to say is one thing that really, uh, it depends on the questions you ask yourself. You got to ask yourself the right questions. And the question I had was not like, I want to be a famous musician. I mean, I just, I'm not, that's not me. But I asked myself, how can I make money making music? I wanted to make it a career. So that's why I got into television, uh, primarily because you get residuals and that, that seemed the best career choice. And I knew I loved writing music, but I'm not going to be up on stage in front of thousands of people. You know, I'm more of a writer. Another thing, I want to say is that, you know, it's about your network and the people you, you get in your group because you want to get support. You can't, even if it's something you love, even if you're a great basketball player, you hire a great coach, you get a great team around you. It's about the team. So you guys got to build a strong team. That's key. And don't think you have to do everything. 
I mean, John Williams is one of the best composers in the world, but he has a whole orchestra. He's not playing every right. instrument. Right, right, you know? right. He, he hires people. I mean, everybody does that. Everybody gets help. Everybody gets support. And, and the best people have a team to, to help them. So, you know, and that's, you know, going back to school or, or whatever, or getting involved in organizations or wherever you learn, you know, reaching out and finding people who are better than you, who elevate you, who support you, who have, you know, goals and interests like you do and, and hiring people when you need to, you know, have some money so you can hire people and pay people. And that brings up another thing is empowering choices. It's all about the choices you make. I made it, you know, when I uh, was an engineer, I could have bought a brand new car. You know, that's all my friends are doing. Everybody goes in hockey, they get a new car. But I decided I didn't want to do that. And because I didn't do that, I had the finances to just sell everything, come out to California and try to do this dream. So you got to make right. smart choices, you know, financially with your time. One of the things me and my friend did was we both got rid of our TVs. We we're like, this is a time suck. It's not teaching us anything. So I, I see so many kids and people, they're just on their phone, you know, watching TV shows and which is fun sometimes, but you don't want to make that what you do all day. Cause that's not going to make you have more value or teach you skills that are going to make you more valuable to people or achieve your goals. So you got to make, you know, choices. Once you know what your goal is and your passion is do things that support that and empower that and will help you on that journey. I agree a hundred percent. So Let's just back up again for a second. Let's say I'm a student, I'm in high school, I'm in college, and I really want to do what Brad's done in, in your life. I want to go, I mean, not the engineering part, but I really want to go into music composition. I want to compose for, for TV and movies. I want to be the next Hans Zimmer. You know, what steps would you suggest a student start taking now that would give them a, more of an advantage and prepare them better for a career in your industry? I, I think you got to be uh, great at what you do. You got to put in the hours. So if you want to be like Hans was in a lot of bands, I actually worked at his studio for a while and he had a whole team of great people around him, by the way. But uh, you know, you, you, you got to make the right choices to learn the craft. And, you know, if you want to play an instrument, you're going to have to put in the hours to, learn piano while you're young and, and learn and buy some equipment and learn how to use it yourself. Don't wait. Don't wait for somebody to hand it to you or bring it to you. Just, you got to go get it, make it happen. So that, that would be the thing is, and it's, and it's all about the hours, the younger, the better. Uh, I have a son, Sam, he's um, 19 now. He's writing, he did a game. He programs. That's his passion. He did a game. He got over 4 million downloads. Wow started well, i remember when he was like you know i mean he started programming when he was like 12 you know he was passionate about it he put in hundreds of hours he could teach college students but it's the hours you know it's 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 the hours so you got to put the time in and make sure it's something you're passionate about to put the time into but but let's let's be a little more concrete i mean yeah you need to put time in i get it but time doing what you know like if if i really wanted to go into your profession, you know, I mean, obviously I would say you need to at least understand music or play an instrument and all yeah, that, but, but what else? I, I, I bought the books on people who were <coughs> doing what I did, you know, uh, and I, I was talking about my daughter, Hannah, but it's like taking the shortcut, talk to uh, people who have done it before. I've reached out to uh, 
and called people and they were really nice. You know, they would, especially when you're young, they'll let you come to the studio, you know, find people in your area who do the thing you want to do and talk to them. And, and they'll, they'll totally appreciate it. 99.9% of the time, they'll often invite you to come hang out. Sometimes <clears throat> that will even turn into a job or a part-time thing where you can hang out. If you want to work for a composer, just, you know, call some up or see if you can get some help, watch some videos on it, uh, read books on it, learn about it, offer, you know, like there are other students who are film composers. You could offer to score their film for free, you know, or just to keep the credit. So, so you got to do it and talk to people who are doing it and don't wait. I think that's really, really wise. And, you know, at Leap, we always say copy genius, right? And the fastest way to success is with a great mentor. You know, if you can find people that will let you shadow them and, and really see what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, that would be amazing as well. Yeah, I, I think I have a book here. I, I, I wish I had it. But the, I, don't know, I don't know if you remember the Budweiser commercial. You know, this buds for you for all the things. Big, huge commercial in the 70s and 80s. So I called the guy up who did it, wrote a book on it. I think it was called The Jingle Jungle. And, and he talked to me. He sent me this demo reel. You know, we established a relationship. When I came out to L.A., I went to some of the hugest studios and they let me just come in and hang out for a session. So I got to know who, like, the top players are, too. So I'm, like, you know, getting numbers of these great musicians and, and, and seeing how it's done. So you have that vocabulary. Going to film, I, I went to Sundance Film Festival for over 20 years. Every year I went so I could hang out with producers and directors so I could speak their language and understand what their needs are and, and what they're thinking about. It's not just about what you do. It's the people who are going to hire you, understand where they're coming right. from and hang out with them as well. So you've been to Leap two times as a mentor and you have two kids that have gone through Leap. What message would you like to leave my LEAP students with as we conclude this? Uh, I think, you know, I, I talked to Hannah today and I asked her and I talked to uh, Max too, my youngest who went. And I think uh, they just learned that you can actually do things differently and, and go up to people and ask. I mean, she, Hannah told me that she learned, you know, like when she went to the uh, script supervisor and just went up to her and said, hey, I'm interested in doing this. You can do that. You can go up and ask somebody and they won't get mad at you. You can take initiative and, and, and make the effort. You don't have to wait to, to go to school or wait till you're ready. You know, it's, it's like uh, there's some, the people who are the most successful, you know, jump off the plane and then figure out how to use the parachute on the way down, you know? Right, right, uh, right. <laughs> so, and the point being is that, you know, you want to be prepared, but you could just put yourself, you know, you could prepare forever and never do it. Sometimes you'll learn on the way down. And the copy genius is something she talked about too, where you find a mentor, ask somebody who's done it, read some biographies on people who've done it, watch some videos on YouTube on people who do the thing you think you want to do. You might even learn that's really not what you want to do, which is empowering too, because then you can refocus and change direction, you know, because you're, you're going to learn and change what you want to do a few times probably when you're young. But in the end, somehow it all becomes your unique package you have to offer that, that no one else has that makes you specially um, perfect for, for this particular job you'll end up doing or getting. So that's I think awesome. That's All right. One last thing before we go, you've done a lot of projects. You've been in your industry now for what? Almost 30 years. Yeah. 25. 
Yeah, like 30, yeah. What would you say is the single project that you would say, if this were my legacy, I am most proud of this? I think, I guess um, I did a lot of extreme home makeover, uh, home edition. That was a big show. That was a huge show. And the thing that was nice about that is I always have people come up to me and there's this part of the show where, you know, the family has some, some problem or issue and their house is decrepit and they rebuild the house. And there's this part where they, they bring the family to see their home, like totally rebuilt and they have the big bus in front of it uh, and they can't see anything. And then all of a sudden the bus moves and, this, you know, we got a live orchestra in Prague, which we did not have to do. We could have just done it with synths, but we went big and made it awesome. And people really get emotional and, and cry when they move that bus and the big strings and the big music and they're seeing their beautiful new home and the start of their new life for the first time. So that, that's something I'm really proud of and that I was able to make that emotional impact on so many people. And that show really changed a lot of the way a lot of reality music was done. Uh, just the style and the live music and really having a whole sound for the whole show, which was really cool. And people really resonated with it. That's uh, awesome. Well, yeah. I had a little bit to do with that because my show, Extreme Makeover, was the precursor to Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I know, and man. what we learned was that people liked watching houses be made over better than watching people be made over. So yeah. that show stayed on air longer. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for your time, for your I energy, for thank your support. Um, and I hope to have you back at Leap as a mentor year after year after year. I'd love to see your kids there again. And uh, with that, program. depending on when this is coming out, happy holidays, a happy new year to everybody. You too. Thank you. Bill. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Over and out. To Bye. learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.